Listeners be advised, the Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Welcome to the Holy Loki Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we are talking about being authentically you. And if you have not realized this, we're in November, and this is the eighth motherfucking episode of the month. Oh my God, you should be excited. So I'm not going to explain exactly what November is. If you ha- do not know at this point, go back to the first episode of this month. It aired on November 1st. And guess what? The fun thing about it, those same people from that first episode, they are here. So we have Melissa and Nini. How are y'all doing? Hey. Thanks for having us again. Hello. Of course. Of course. Glad to be back. (laughs) And the great thing is that, like, y'all don't have to introduce yourselves this time. So we can really just go straight into the conversation. But for those people who don't know you, again, go back to that episode. It was great. It was a wonderful conversation. And it was beautiful. I've learned some things. Melissa learned some things. Nini learned some things. We all learned on that episode. Community learning. Look at God. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, just to let y'all know who are listening out, uh, out there, I will be drinking during this episode because it's November. It's the time of celebration and a motherfucker is going to get lit because why not? Do not Yay. drink and drive, people. We do things respe- uh, responsibly around here. And that also includes other intoxicants like marijuana and all those other stuff. Even if you out here getting high on motherfucking Benadryl, still don't drive, motherfuckers. Relax. <laughs> enjoy it. Not <laughs> <So. laughs> the Benadryl. Nah, well, <laughs> gotta cover everything because motherfuckers be motherfuckering and motherfuckering too hard so <laughs> y'all not gonna be like look i was listening to a, a podcast it was called the whole little whole, something like that podcast and the host said i should get lit i didn't say you need to go drive I said not a damn. <laughs> the disclaimer was there. Episode. <laughs> Remember what I said. <laughs> I said act right. Okay. But in, <laughs> in this episode, we will be talking about being the uh, authentically you. So to start off, Melissa, if you uh, don't mind, what does being uh, intentional mean for yourself? What does being intentional 
I feel like being intentional is doing it out of your own self, right? Like you're not doing it for anybody else but yourself. Mm-hmm. You've thought it through. Um, there's no like influence necessarily. And yeah, what does being intentional? <laughs> I had to think about that for a while because I was like, what does it mean to be intentional? Such right. a such a hard question such a philosophical question it is it really is you know on this podcast that's what we that's some questions are hard to answer and i know we got stumped on a couple last episode so uh and i still get stumped on some things to this day um what about (laughs) you nini um what does it being intentional mean to you um See, it's hard, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking about it too. I was like, hmm. Um, I really think it just means like being proactive with yourself, um, making sure you do things for the right reasons, for your own right reasonings. Like, you know, sometimes it may not make sense to other people, but you know, if you do it with good intentions or if you're doing it, um, you know, being yourself, I think that that's what it ultimately means to me. Like for me, it's hard to define being intentional without using the word intent. And even yeah. on that, mm-hmm. it's like, what does intent mean? Like the intent behind this action? Yeah, we have a dictionary version of what that means, but at the same time, the dictionary don't put the word in action. <laughs> right. Like, intent in itself has force behind it it has motion behind it and to act in that motion for yourself and moving forward in a a guided or goal-oriented way Mm -hmm. like I think that will be the best way to define um, being intentional is that you're setting a pace you're setting a, a goal and you're achieving that but in being intentional uh, in terms of like with other people, like I think about whenever I'm um, looking to date somebody, the intent is to find someone that's a long-term partner. So mm-hmm. uh, in order for me to do that, I have to have that conversation with them up front about, okay, this is what I'm looking for here. And if they agree upon that, that means to me that we're moving in the same path. Um, and that once that agreement is made is when it becomes intentional other otherwise it's just something that's up in space something that's up in the air and it's not anything that's really going to change um so yeah i think that's the best way i can define it i guess you could say like knowing your why like why are you doing this and doing it because you know why you know figuring out why you want to do it why uh, this is your goal, your objective, and then acting upon it. Mm, like that. Mm, so, I agree. Well, since we're we're talking about whys now, this is not really a part of the episode. But what is your why? Uh, if you were to define your purpose for today, not your life's purpose, because come on, that's that's hard to define, <laughs> and that shit shifts uh, as you go along. Because at one t- at one point in my life. My life's purpose was to be uh, a chef, and I don't cook for anybody and rarely uh, cook for myself, so it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is your current why? What is your current purpose as uh, at this moment in this stage in your life? I think, like, at this stage in my life, I'm starting to be more authentic. Now, mm-hmm. like, I feel like you become more as 
authentic as you get older because you're starting to realize who you are and you get to, you learn more about who you are and um you know scientifically your brain is fully developed <laughs> right at <laughs> 25 or whatever it is but my why is just like sticking with that sticking with the mm-hmm. authenticity because you know like I guess going back to the why you know like um I was talking to a friend about you know why do I do this thing like do I do it because of past trauma do I do it to please other people am I doing it am I really doing it for myself or is it for someone else or is it um like reacting to something and it's not really for my own good intentions or like for myself so I think that would be my biggest why is like still keeping that authenticity and asking myself do I really want to do this or is it because of these outside factors are telling me to do it mm-hmm. and then sticking to that because I feel like uh, I don't know if like you guys are like this but I still sometimes have like my mom or my dad in my head when I'm making a choice you know they're like always there like are you sure you want to do that is that the right thing to do <laughs> I'm just like go yes. away I'm 31 years old. Get away. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Yeah, I definitely understand. Um, I think my why um, and my purpose right now is just to teach and learn. Mm. Um, I'm all about enlightenment, you know, figuring things out and like... um, like Melissa said, like just really trying to stay authentically me while learning and learning like, okay, this lesson is for me or this lesson is necessarily not for me. So I don't have to change it. Like really discerning what to take in and what not to take in and being an example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially for, you know, my daughter, and just other people around me um because i i think in the past couple of years they've people have told me that they've learned a lot from me so now it's just you know learning from them as well as you know continuing to teach them and you know still learning and discerning what i need to grow and you know what i can keep I'll, I'll say for myself, my current why is to further understand myself and to really get back into that version of myself that allowed a lot more playfulness, that allowed mm-hmm. a lot more emotion and feeling in the things that he did and reconnecting with him um, and allowing other people to take part in that journey too Um, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that I'm currently doing is really uh, out of selfishness and making sure that I'm honoring myself and taking ownership of the past that I allowed me to lose myself in helping others and uh, healing from that Uh, accepting that that was a phase in my life and it doesn't have to be my entire life uh, and recreating exactly who I am when I can serve other people while also serving myself. Um, So I will say that will be my main why of what, why I do a lot of the things I do, be it even the podcast, um, my um, 
constant seek of new knowledge um the new thing that i've been doing on instagram just uh educating people about accessing therapy services and just um having those conversations in black spaces um to truly normalize that for some of my family members who refuse to accept that they need therapy uh as well as for those individuals who may come across my page and just learn something from it. So it's a way for me to still serve others while at the end of it, uh, intentionally serving myself. So um, that will be my current yes. why and purpose. Um, and something came up within um, this conversation I wanted to ask both of you is, is it easier to not be your authentic self versus just being whoever other people want you to be or assimilating into the popular uh, popular um narrative like just going along with the crowd which one's easier for you? i feel like it's exhausting pretending mm. right especially it's especially depending on the crowd you're trying to like be fake around you know mm -hmm. like if you don't believe in their same values if you don't agree with anything that they agree like it's just exhausting because you're constantly thinking and constantly trying to make sure that you conform and like there's no freedom of speech in that you know in that zone or that area and i think that's why i kind of um sometimes being around certain people in my family can be just so exhausting because i gotta be like the good christian girl or something or like the good or like don't say you know anything accidentally and you're constantly like thinking about it but if you can be around like people like my husband for example right best friends where you can just be yourself then it's just worry free you get to just speak freely and do and be whoever you want or you truly are Mm. right she definitely hit it on the head like <laughs> she, yeah she definitely said everything um I've been on both spectrums um, I'm currently on my own you know kind of like fuck you era I don't give a fuck <laughs> yes. era, you know welcome um <laughs> and it, it's hard like not saying fuck you that that part is getting easier but like it's hard <laughs> it's hard pretending to be somebody that you're not mm -hmm. um because now you have to keep up that persona mm -hmm. and it wears i found that it wears down on you in the long run because now you're battling with yourself of all right this is what i really believe but this is what i told everybody i believe to fit in so now you're having to undo and now you're losing those friendships and stuff like that so it had i just you know, been me from the get-go, like, I feel like I probably wouldn't have been going through that. Um, so it's a whole lot easier just to, you know, be you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, <clears throat> I think there's like that level of fear that many people have to approach when it comes to starting their journey of being authentically them that truly mm -hmm. does make it hard because it's like, I will have to, build all these new relationships again because i finally found a community though i'm uh, operating in a fake identity to 
access this community and access this space with these people and these bonds that I formed with them. Um, so there's a protection that's that's simple. It's easy. You know who you have to be. And um, many, I feel as though many people fear having to confront who they are authentically, because now they have to learn a new a new self, a new sense of self. And that's mm-hmm. a scary process. That's a, a lot of work. And um, just knowing that, oh, some of these relationships will be um, torn apart, or knowing that I may not be able to operate in certain spaces the same way, because of this um that if I, I might want to sacrifice um being my full authentic self just in order to secure these spaces um to secure these friendships and personally i feel like that's unfair to that individual um but i think that's a reason why so many people fail to embrace their authentic self and I even know from my own personal experiences like many of my friends to this day still think that I enjoy drinking yeah I will have drinks because I'm drinking right now but I don't like to get drunk I don't like to be in a space where I don't know what's going on around me and it's not necessarily a lack of control that uh, is an issue because look I'm okay being a sub for somebody. I'm okay with being a dom for somebody. I'm okay with switching up the roles um, with people, but it's about having that full autonomy of the spaces that I'm in. Yes, I can get drunk around certain people. I can get drunk and have fun these other spaces, but that's not who, who I'm all about. <clears throat> that was yeah a younger version of, of myself wanting to fit in in college and drinking with everybody and already knowing I have a high tolerance because of the shit my family is going through because you know alcoholics are alcoholics over decades so I know I have a high tolerance but at the end of the day I don't want to always be the drunkard I don't always want to be the life of the party the person that will always get you drunk yes am I that person on some level hell the fuck yes because I can make a mean motherfucking drink but, period <laughs> <laughs> but we party together sometimes I remember oh, you know, you know. <laughs> but at the end of the day that's not truly all of me like that's um, we're here for the party but after that party you gonna have another different burning and if you're not ready to accept that burning then i'm sorry there's a, a space for you <laughs> but you're not going to operate in all spaces of my life because of that and that's right. not me necessarily wanting to end our friendship or say that i'm better than you no it's just that we know what our relationship is at that point and i think many people when it comes to engaging who their authentic self is they have to have those real conversations like who am i who um what do i want to tolerate with other people and uh, what am i as my authentic self willing to accept from other people um, beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so uh how does a person um, like even for yourself on your own journey of um, you know finding your authentic self or becoming more of you over the years uh, how did you build your authentic uh, authenticity or uh, uh, do you have any tips that somebody might uh, can take away from your journey uh, either one of you 
think it gets easier with age for sure. Because mm. I remember like in high school and college, I was so concerned about like having a bunch of friends, being invited to parties, getting to go out, do things, you know. But like as I get older, I mean, one, not only am I tired. and And drink like i used to (laughs) yeah um it's just like i think it goes back to you know when you were asking if it's tiring to be authentic or not be or to be or not be and it's it does get tiring to like constantly get that or want that reassurance from people or get that affirmation from people and you know seeking out for it so i think what helped build my authenticity is just not caring so much about others, not caring so much about like the value I place on people liking me, you know, like not basing my value on, you know, the number of friends that I have, the number of likes that I get on like social media or the number of interactions I get or anything like that and just doing things because I like to do it and being around people who are okay with that mm. you know they so think mm. I think overall the less you care I guess about other people and more you care about yourself it'll just I think you'll just naturally become more authentic yeah. what about those relationships that you lose in that process Sucks for them. No, I. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) the real talk. Um, but but for real, it's kind of like you know, it does suck. Um, I, you know, I've currently and recently kind of gone through situations like that where you know I started to discover like who I am. Um, and you know coming back from my hermit phase and everything like that. And I had some friends who just didn't get it. And it wasn't me just like, initially it's not me distancing myself. It was just me, you know, I was trying to figure out who I am and where I want to go and stuff like that. And realizing that, okay, I am a people pleaser and this is not getting me anywhere, but hurt internally. So it's like I had to step back in order to undo some of those patterns to prep myself to go back into society. So, you know, my some friends didn't understand, like, you know, I had people pleasing patterns and stuff like that. And now I'm setting my boundaries and I see that it's making you mad. So were you never really my friend or were you there just to take advantage of me and what I was offering you? Somebody just so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it, it really is like a, you know, I feel like if you're my friend and if you were genuinely my friend, you would accept the changes that I go through. And if you don't understand them, like, you know, I've opened the floor for you to have that conversation with me. And especially if I'm opening the floor for you to have that conversation and letting you know, like, hey, like, I don't want to lose a friendship over this and we can really talk about it. So I can understand where you're coming from and you can understand where I'm coming from. And if you're not taking that opportunity, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, I can only be the bigger person so much. So if you want to dismiss yourself, like, for my sanity, it hurts me. It hurts like hell, but 
you're not aligned with what I want as a friend and who I would want to consider like a friend, a family member and stuff like that. So, you know, deuces. I'll see you next lifetime. Maybe we'll get mm-hmm. it together then, but just not this time. Right. Well, Absolutely. We, we'll come back to that soul contract when we get to it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Universe, just run that one back because I that lesson was not learned this time. <laughs> <laughs> run it back <laughs> next time. Yeah. No. Like that. Oh, what were you saying, Melissa? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, that's kind of the sad part, and like maybe the cons of trying to be more authentic, authentically you. But I think the positive is that, like, yeah, your friend group is gonna shrink, as mine definitely shrank, mm-hmm. uh, really tiny. But the end product is like the best people ever. Like the, mm-hmm. my some of my favorite people, like they are who are, are part of my life and who I consider as family. So yeah, it sucks. You're gonna lose some friends, you're gonna lose some family members, but you're gonna end up with like, you know, your true friends and true, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Like um, something that really stood out to me, um, that you mentioned Nini was the hermit phase and people that needs to be talked about a lot more honestly because mm-hmm. like everybody yes. out here wants to and I know what the purpose of this podcast I, I get it everybody <laughs> out here wants to live their whole phase but nobody trying to live that hermit phase and you don't understand how great <laughs> right. that hermit phase can be <laughs> oh it my really god like, <laughs> out, a blessing I, and a curse <laughs> I may uh, on some level still be within my hermit. Actually, I know I'm still in my hermit phase because I'm still not trying to be outside, bother with people. So like, but the hermit stage as well with the whole phase people. So don't get all in my back on that. Though there are, there's growth that can be had in all of those. There's experiences mm-hmm. that you can have in all of those, but the hermit phase really does give you that opportunity to recognize what is for me and what is not for me. What people mm-hmm. are here to serve and uh, make me better, and those that are here to drain me. Like you mentioned, when you start setting boundaries and people get upset, that's not on me. Like, why is it that you're upset when I told you you don't have the same access that you used to have? At the right. end of the day, you still have access. If I told you, if I gave you a well full of water and I say, hey, I can't give you water on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you still have access to the water throughout the week. If you don't get enough of the water to fill you up for Wednesdays and Thursdays, I forgot which days I use. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're going on Wednesdays and Thursdays now. If you did not get enough water to make sure that you will be satiated on Wednesday and Thursday, that is your problem, not mine. Like, you have to respect the fact that, hey, you just can't be here Wednesdays and Thursdays. And that is okay. If that's an issue Mm -hmm. for you that you feel as though you need access to me 24-7, we got a fucking problem. Mm -hmm. And and I hate that is the cause of like the dissolution of friendships, but that helps you recognize that maybe this is somebody who was literally only here to train my well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So oh, something lifted. <laughs> I feel like there's up. certain people you're probably thinking of, but like right? comes to mind. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm like <laughs> Look, I don't know who I was talking the whole to. time. <laughs> In the I, back of my head, I'm like, this bitch. Okay. <laughs> There's a few. There's a few. I'm like, mm. right. sucks for y'all. I'm doing great. I hope you're doing good. 
<laughs> right. I sip my drink. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a part of being authentically you, and this can be uh, something that can be phrased sexually. It could just be something that's like work related, and that's just following your pleasure. What does that mean to you in terms of following your pleasure? And because this is a sex podcast, what does that mean sexually too, as it relates to being authentically you? Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think honestly, it's just being open with your partner and letting them know, like, I have certain kinks that Brendan may not have or that he may not have explored. Um, until he got with me, because I could be, you know, I could be a freaking motherfucker, you know. Um, I think that, and you know what? And honestly, it was kind of like a push and pull for us. You know, it was something that I had to adapt to, and there's some things that he had to adapt, adapt to. Um, but I just told him, I think it was just me, like, telling him, I've been with, in situations where I may have been, like, a little bit more afraid. Um, and it, it, I think it, it, it didn't make the experience fun, you know, some people ended up dumb, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, um, but once I really got comfortable with what I liked with sex and stuff like that, um, I think I was really able to express it more and we meet halfway, even if it, like, if everything couldn't be explored, like, at least we met, like, halfway on it. Um, and what does following your well at least um, career wise um, Melissa um, what does following your pleasure mean for you on that following my pleasure career wise um, I think having like the support to do that Mm -hmm. or you know like I um, I was just talking to a friend about how we were talking about another couple and the other couple, like, they don't want their wife to really do much. They kind of want to go that traditional route where they're like, you know, the cup, the, the woman stays at home and he makes enough money where he, she can do that. And I was like, why don't you want to do that? But you know, whatever, teach their own. Um, <laughs> I would love to be, uh, you know, a dog mom. Um, <laughs> but like we were, I was talking to my friend, like how, I'm just like really happy that I'm in a relationship where I can do that and I can pursue what I want to pursue and have the support to do so and like not have like someone kind of overbearing and like telling me what to do and telling me I can't do that or it's a bad idea or whatever because at the same time like if I fail I need to fail to learn from it you know Mm. so you can't like I don't know it's kind of like the gold like gold star like participant trophy thing sometimes you kind of just need people to like to follow the pleasure to even know if that's really what they want and if that's not what they want at least they were able to do it and learn that that's not what they want Mm. you know what i mean i don't know if that answers your question career wise but (laughs) (laughs) it's different you know you did you did and uh i i know like even 
when it comes to self-actualization uh, and understanding what that means for yourself and what it is like acknowledging your likes dislikes wants your needs and all of that it can be a very tough thing and I know like even for myself it took isolating myself um, mm-hmm. to understand uh, about what it is that I want in my life and what do I find pleasure doing and what I want my daily routine to look like Uh, and I will also have to add like I also had to quit a job to do that and I was fortunate enough to be in school at the time and decided to take out a loan we're not going to talk about that um, to make sure I could you know survive a couple months while I worked through a lot of the things I was going through and focus directly on me in that process to understand what those things I really liked were and even within that same space I even looked at pleasures within my sexual life and what I want to engage in more what I wanted to uh, what I found enjoyment in what worked with my former partners or even just those one-nighters that I've engaged with what wasn't working what was the um things fueling the disinterest that I've experienced over the years or what was the things that really made that spark for me the things that made me want to continue to see this um, particular person or even what were those things that sparked uh, interest to date somebody Uh, Mm -hmm. I needed to sit and actually understand and see what was it that was pleasing from these certain individuals what was it that inspired me to want to do a little bit more uh, in order for me to, you know, step into that space of following my pleasures. Like, even when it comes to the podcast, I've been wanting to podcast for what? T- uh, not 10, but like since 2016 ish. Mm-hmm. And I didn't uh, sit down to actually start drafting up the show until um, I took that break and started to think about what it was that I found pleasure in doing and finding the things that make me feel happy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's interesting and kind of weird how it's like a lot of people. So I don't know if it's like just our society, but there's that fear of pursuing your pleasure you know mm-hmm. and so it's that fear of opening up and trying something new or talking to your partner like i now we're you know we're open and we've you know it's been 16 years of course we've tried to, like a bunch of things at this point <laughs> like, <laughs> but it took a while to get there you know like it there was a lot of fear like i was scared to talk to him about anything and i mean he's always just been open i don't know if it's just like easier for guys i don't want to general over generalize but like <laughs> he just like already knew but i was a little more hesitant more scared more like you know like i don't know if i want to say it or like i was too scared to say it but once you're like finally expressing yourself and finally like sharing like what you like it's like very eye-opening and very like exciting and new and fun and it's just like getting over that hump of fear you know mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of the, you know, just that fear of a, fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. um, right. b- because there's so much that can go wrong. Uh, and we get, I think it's because as a society, we are always fed the wrongness of things. <laughs> like this is the worst that could happen rather mm-hmm. than, oh, what's the greatest outcome? So we get so stuck on fearing the worst outcomes and having these certain conversations that keep us from doing it and not realizing that there can be a million great things that happen outside of this. 
uh, and oftentimes by sharing and having authentic conversations with your partner, your friends, your family, you learn that, oh, we have, we can build a stronger connection because of these conversations. We can uh, figure out mutual interests uh, from having these conversations. And uh, now I'm thinking about older generations and I, I'm starting to feel bad for a lot of them. Um, and while we're having this chat because I think about like even whenever I go like my relationship with my aunt is amazing like we talk about great things like we were in a movie theater one day in the that um, one queer movie um, with all these people they're doing this I forgot the name of it but she she literally was like oh my god she looked to the left and looked to the right and it's like oh my god I'm up in here with gay motherfuckers I was like bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like having the uh, space of just being joyous and having fun and like we can talk about all kinds of different shows with each other share like uh, conversations about Game of Thrones and how both of us is like yeah we tired of this little incest shit but at the same time we cannot turn the fuck away because right. <laughs> yes we are okay with the cousin fucking well the uncle fucking the niece I know y'all like oh my god Verda, what the hell you talking about if you're not watching uh, House of the Dragon shut okay. up leave us alone but like we could have That's these conversations <laughs> like we could have these <laughs> conversations to build our bond and build our connection and everything like that and I just hate that uh, other families other um, people of older generations sometimes get so stuck in trying to reserve the respectability of things that they refuse to be their authentic self or even if that authentic self happens to be toxic for another person I would rather you just be you and I can accept you as you rather than you like hurt yourself every single day trying to put yourself out as being a good person look right. not everybody's good okay like you can be a horrible person and have a good spirit and it is what it is look i mean as hell i can read you fulfilled and i give a damn and like it's okay <laughs> just be right. you uh, you will find somebody that accepts you who respects you and love you regardless of how um, toxic i guess you may be but at the end of the day you still have community like mm-hmm. it's it's okay to just be authentically you it's okay to do a little bit something different that you haven't explored throughout your life that you always wanted to do you're just we're here on this earth for a set period of time you can be mm-hmm. your authentic self and it is okay right. and there should be people out there who like what you like mm-hmm. like one of the main things i learned from TikTok and instagram is that we're not all very unique <laughs> like, right <laughs> there's always someone like someone else does that you know like someone else likes that yeah there's someone out there mm-hmm. trust me trust then you realize i'm pretty normal after all okay <laughs> right <sighs> so this brings up a great conversation about how being authentically you is rare these days how do y'all feel about that I can see that. Especially with social media Mm -hmm. and especially with TikTok and stuff like that. Um, Everything is about popularity. Everything is about, you know, um, being an influencer and likes and all of that stuff. Um, Oh my God, I forgot my thought process. (laughs) (laughs) That's authentic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> you had a good flow. I know you were going. Hey. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> this is about how it's rare for people being authentically them. You were uh, speaking oh, yes. on social media and, okay, mm-hmm. we're back. Okay, yes. <laughs> I think it's so easy to want to be seen and heard these days that people just do anything, um, even as go as far as like embarrass themselves and just do dumb stuff or even hurt themselves and mm. or end up dead because of these trends and all of this other stuff. So I feel like people feel like they're more accepted if they're acting like somebody else or acting like their friends, you know, especially if they're new to a city or they're used to being, you know, the nerdy person like that. That one little taste, you know, is toxic and it's just, it'll take over. So I feel like people do feel like it's easier, you know, to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And they escape, they, uh, they escape their own realities. I agree. Did you have something that you want to add on to that, Melissa? Well, I was just thinking like the other day I was telling um, Brandon that, oh, Brandon's my husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really glad that we didn't have social media, media in high school, mm-hmm. you know, because like, you do one thing one thing on accident or one thing you didn't realize it was bad or whatever and it's and you post it like it's on blast it's Mm -hmm. public you know people will ridicule you for it bully you for it like even just going outside like luckily i don't live in like super touristy place you know but like if i go to like like i was thinking about this when i went to seattle recently that like i really hope i don't do something dumb that someone captures on their phone and then posts on mm. social media. Uh, you know, it's yeah. always that constant fear. And so like you kind of have to, or you don't have to, but I think people tend to put on a persona when they're out in public, just so that to make sure that they don't like, you know, get caught on camera and they're like now the new Karen or something, or like the, right. like, you know, get canceled or something like that. Like it's, with this new world like there's just so much to be scared of right Mm. that cancel culture is serious it really (laughs) is the mob my god Uh, that's the thing like oh thank you for mentioning that um possibly being a new karen and that's the thing that really irks me because like oftentimes we don't see what happened what led up to the cameras coming Mm -hmm. out and i I Mm -hmm. get sometimes the situation um is what it is and what you see on the cameras and whatnot i get that but we don't have enough conversations about okay what was the lead up to this for real because i've seen um things on tiktok twitter and sometimes on ig uh, I my IG usually don't have any kind of like drama shit going on, so I don't mm-hmm. see too much of that on there. But like, of like, I've seen videos of teachers like cursing the fuck out of these kids, and at on one level, I'm just like, okay, that's unprofessional. What do you? Why are you doing mm-hmm. that? But on the other end, as being somebody who's worked in not necessarily K twelve but higher ed. And mm-hmm. uh, having conversations with people who are actually in these schools and what these kids are like these days and who their parents are who do Ruthless. not give a fuck about 
really nurturing their children, I can understand why you have teachers cussing people out. Because one, they're and not that's why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I know my mentality. Because what you're not going to do is come into my classroom and think you rule this shit. Because I don't care Hello? about your education enough. You will get put the fuck out. If you don't like that, well, you need to talk to your motherfucking mama. And I can have your mama or your daddy up here right the fuck now. We can have this conversation. Does parent want to throw hands because motherfucker? Right, listen. I came bring from the school to pull the fuck up. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what we're right. going to do is all of this BS because, like, it's so much stuff when it comes to, like, social media and people just wanting to get that uh, outrage so that they can be the, the they can go viral here, they can go viral there. And I'm just like, right. what's the purpose of this? Like, you go viral on this one day and you think that's going to be something sustainable? You think that, oh, I did this one thing and I've gotten rewarded for that. A lot of people showed me attention. Now I have to do this multiple times just to get that same reaction. That's unhealthy. That's like I these guess people. guess he's not getting a job. <laughs> You're right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so frustrating like to see these people who even go out in um, public and prank other people that they don't even mm -hmm. know like i saw that video of this dude who almost got shot again instagram why would you show me this shit but there was this person who was trying to prank somebody and um the person he was pranking pulled out a gun and shot at him like oh wow <laughs> and i'm like you thought this was a joke and you actively did this like the thing i need for a lot of people to understand when it comes to doing these um not fully thought out things is that there are always consequences for your mm -hmm. actions and sometimes mm -hmm. those consequences can be good and sometimes they can be very dire you have to weigh those options before you do anything and don't think just because it's a grandma grandma ain't packing because grandma may be and on top of right. that, you can have conversations with people to let them know that, hey, like, you know, the fly on a um, boss, their videos. I can tell by how they, I don't think in all spaces, but some of the spaces that they're in, they have conversations with the people before they shoot and run through the, the city, <laughs> whatever. Right. So people know like, hey, we're recording. Um, we're going to be coming through your business and doing all these things, but just know we're going to try our best to not disturb what the fuck is going on because how else are they going to have a free runway throughout all the, the different areas that they're in? They have the okay. conversations. If you're pranking somebody, you have those conversations because otherwise you get what you get. Mm -hmm. No, but for real. Oh, I can't stand those prank videos sometimes. I saw the one recently where that guy was going into people's houses mm -hmm. and that yeah just like randomly going into someone's house and sitting on their couch and i'm like that's terrifying to right. just have a stranger come in and just like like and it clearly Not was in like today's society yeah <laughs> oh and they stole someone's dog like just stole the dog from some old lady at the park and i'm like why why would that poor old lady she's just mm -hmm. trying to enjoy her day take her little dog out and then you just go and snatch it right 
see this this is that shit let somebody be in my apartment and and, hello and not paying a bill oh my god not saying i have a gun in my house because i don't keep um guns but i do have a weapon and you're not gonna be happy if i got to use that because i believe I'm not even going to put that on air. Anyways. Not unannounced. Like, who are you? Oh, you're in my house already. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Okay. That's to be more careful. That's to be more careful. <laughs> are you walking out of here? Is that was that your intentions? Right. No, to follow it back up. <laughs> back on topic. Back on topic. So we kind of hinted at this earlier on in the conversation, and that was like being your authentic self as time passes, that you grow as you age and as you get a lot more comfortable with yourself and stop giving a fuck about other people's opinions, you start to become a lot more your authentic self. Um, how was that experience for you all? And around what age did you just decide to just say fuck it to everybody else's opinion? Or if you don't remember your age, what year? I don't um, remember the age. <laughs> I feel like it just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think for me it was like after college, because at some point, you know, it took me five years to um to finish. So by like, even by like the third year, I was like, okay, I don't care about the parties. I don't care about you know making new friends. Like I just want to get my degree and get out so I can get a better job and stop working at Chipotle and. <laughs> you know establish my life you know so I think it's just a a gradual thing of realizing like I don't want this phase to keep going like Mm -hmm. the the young 20s trying to please people trying to make a bunch of friends try to you know party and all that stuff like I wanted to figure myself out and figure out what life I want for like what future I want. I think it just like gradually went from there. Mm. Um, yeah, I think one was kind of like a gradual, like stop and go type of thing. Um, I I know that I'm a naturally giving person, which leads to of course, like people pleasing and of course, you know, trauma, past trauma experiences. Um, but I think certain situations forced me to be like enough is enough. Um, and most recently, like especially going through like a spiritual awakening and stuff like that. And once I figured out like who I was and what I don't want to put up with and stuff like that, like I really feel like that's when I started to put my foot down and really started to understand like, all right, I can't, you know, I'm fucking up because now I'm not happy anymore because you're just not getting it. Um, so I definitely say it was definitely more in recent years and wanting to just, you know, be free, live my life. And of course, you know, of course, you know, be the example of my daughter for my daughter, because I don't want her to grow up and thinking that that's okay. And then her having the same experiences or feel like her energy is depleted or, you know, feel lost. Mm. And then having to later on in life, put a pause on life to like, you know, figure out who she is so it's like all right let me get my shit together so i can show her like don't don't do this like Mm. don't go down that route i know like for myself um 
I will say it was also, it was a gradual process, but I can also pinpoint the year when I just stopped truly giving a fuck. Um, and this is also kind of related to the last um, topic I want to talk about too, but it was um, related to just um, like code switching in general. Like I tell people all the time, my code switch broke in 2020. And I mean that. And ever since then, I was just like, I'm going to walk in my authentic self uh, mm-hmm. and figure out what that means and how that uh, is. Because I remember being much younger, like before college, I was always just Vernon. It's, it is what it is. I accept that Vernon's going to be Vernon. <laughs> and, and if you don't like that, that's on you. But mm-hmm. after, graduating from high school and getting into these new spaces um, trying to figure out what my future goals are going to be and all these other things I allowed a lot more of outside influences to mold who I was rather than just honoring who I self-defined myself as and then there was just a point I think I was 27 I was just like you know what I can't do this this is not me this is too much for me to hold on to so I just need to just let that go and just one mourn whoever that younger version is that I'm sorry love you on young Vern you was a real motherfucker but we have to figure out who Vernon of this age is at this point (laughs) while still honoring the younger version of me but like um that was my way of leaning into my own spiritual awakening and uh, a lot of that just also impacted me professionally too and what I would uh what I can what I chose to allow as well as what I just outright refused to do so it was just understanding exactly what those things are redefining my boundaries and what I want for myself going forward and uh you mentioned you mentioned that um remind me of like just recently I think um between the months of literally August and January (laughs) um (laughs) I've had a situation where I really had to kind of step into who I was. And a lot of it has to do with loyalty and with friendships and stuff like that. Um, Because my, you know, some of my friends did get into it and they wanted me to make a decision on who I wanted to talk to. And it was kind of like, you know, I'm a very mutual, mutual kind of person. Like, I'll tell you when you're wrong. But I had to get to a point where it's like, all right, I don't want to lose either one of you guys as a friend or even in a situation where I wasn't really friends with the person, but we were just interacting on Twitter because we were talking about the book, uh, The Four Agreements. And she and I had a disagreement, but it wasn't that deep to where it was like, all right, I'm just going to stop talking to you or whatever. Like I was mad in the moment and then it was like over. Um, So my other friends thought even though like we wasn't hanging out or anything like that we were just simply like communicating over social media and discussing the book they were truly upset and I had to explain to them like this person didn't do anything to me and it's like you're making me you're questioning my loyalty but I'm telling you like this is what it is and it's kind of like you really I really had to really stand in who I was and what I believed in. Like, I understand that you're hurt, but I'm not going to be mad at this person because they didn't do anything to me. Mm. And it's like, you know, if you're going to get mad at me, like you have to understand who I am. And like, 
I had to redefine what my definition of loyalty truly means. Like, am I just gonna stop being cool with this person because these people don't like them? And if I'm risking a friendship with them, like, no, if you fuck with me, then you have to be able to fuck with my values in some sort of way. Mm. Um, even in the workplace, um, former employment that I won't name any names, um, <laughs> they um, would openly tell me like, cause I was a supervisor, they would openly tell me like, um, you know, we give you all the ratchet people because they know that they'll stay with me. All right, cool. Mm. Um, and a lot of them, they weren't really ratchet. The younger ones, it was, I was like in the middle, like I had older people as a supervisor and then I had the younger people and the younger people that I had were like fresh out of high school or college and stuff like that. Um, so I tailored my leadership to fit both groups of people and my manager didn't like it. However, it made me number one in the call center for a whole year and a half. Mm, you better be able so, to. So, uh, right. <laughs> so, there was method to my madness, but my boss wanted to, everybody was like, you got to, you know, corporate America, you got to play the game. You got to play the game to fit in. You got to play the game. And it was like, that's not who I was, but I, but my heart was tugging because it was like, damn, my manager is on my ass because I'm not this way. However, I know my team. And if I act this way, they're not going to perform the way I needed to. At the end of my review, right before she retired, she put in my review, people will not respect you if you um, keep managing or, you know, having the same leadership skills that you had. And that mentally, it messed me up because um, unfortunately, you know, the company had big layoff and I was unfortunately one of the ones that had, you know, you know, got laid off. So that comment mentally messed me up, but, it took me recently to realize like, all right, in her eyes, she didn't respect me because I wasn't doing it the way that she wanted me to do. But I didn't have her respect, but I had the respect of my team members because they still hit me up to this day wanting to hang out and stuff. So it's like, I had to choose to still be me, even though it was hard. And I did battle between giving them what the company wanted and knowing what was best to make sure that my team performed for the company, you know? So I really had to focus in on who I was as a person and who my leadership skills was and really, really try to stick to that moving forward. And that was like one of the biggest lessons I learned even in the workplace. Oh, you touched a hort on that one because <laughs> when I tell you, so the, the last topic um, is conformity in professional spaces and <laughs> no you 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 already touched it <laughs> like, yes. and it's like how that um promotes the idea of you becoming less authentically you and i like that's the thing that really like my first therapist she's the one that pointed this out to me she's like Vernon, you got workplace trauma like you the mm -hmm. way that you speak to me in terms of like your experiences working with people and what you want for yourself like it is clear that you cannot work for anybody most definitely if it's something corporate related because the mindset for corporate is something that's outside of your needs and something that's outside of my wants therefore i can't mm -hmm. operate as my full self within that 
um, because I have to conform to that corporate mindset. And that corporate mindset is often against what I want for myself, meaning I want to be in spaces where we have actual leadership and actual uh, conversations to uh, improve the development of the people in the workforce. And it's not a profit mindset. It's about, oh, uh, we as a team, we can grow together, we can make our numbers, we can do all the great things for the business, make the money and all those great things, but everybody on this team feels respected. And that's right. something that is outside of the corporate mindset, because if it's not about profits, then bitch, what the fuck are you doing here? Right. <laughs> so, exactly. like, over the years, I had to tackle the fact that the reason why I was so ha unhappy in higher education was not because of the work I was doing or the people that I was engaging with. It was because the systems themselves, the school that I was at or the corporate insurance company that I was at, because y'all know who that is now. i say it again, Geico. Um, <laughs> it's always shade to them. Um, <laughs> in those spaces that they their main focus was not on the customers and making sure that they had the knowledge like even with geico the one thing i actually asked my supervisor i was like we have a, a internet department why is it that we cannot just send our customers over to them and they teach them how to use the online web web um service when we're trying to push them to use the online web service don't you think we'll have a lot less calls and spend the money that y'all want to save on calls if we teach people how to use it and they were like no that's not what that department's for they're only there to help people unlock their damn policies. Like, bitch, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> like, why are we? <laughs> Again, it doesn't make sense. So, right. like, I had to come to the realization that um, for a person like myself who um, leads with empathy, who leads with actual leadership and wanting to build the teams, that corporate is just not there for me. Like, mm -hmm. people who don't care about thriving in their authentic self or if their authentic self matches with corporate america that's the only places for them if they mm. are okay with um just being a part of the crowd or they like the um, mission and profit focus those are the jobs for you go into those spaces but the crazy thing about it is that <laughs> i don't think corporate america would survive if people actually engaged in their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. That's why their retention rate is so high. Chile. Melissa, you like you want to say something? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think how this like applies to me. Performing uh -huh. in professional spaces. Well, I get, well, okay. So beginning of this year, I did get promoted to a supervisor role. And I think that's where my authenticity is like being challenged for sure mm -hmm. right because i want to instill my values um like i am learning from i'm trying to think back on like old supervisors what i liked what i didn't like about them because the company that i used to work for they were all about you know it's corporate america they're all mm -hmm. about the money all about the numbers you know every like we used to have like all staffs or annual whatever they're called the where everyone gets together and you know it's all about making sure the chart is green you know they'll display like the chart right and it's like the different criteria making sure everything's green that's like 
the big thing and we got these two new leadership people which is kind of what was what drove me to quit was like it was so obvious that they cared more about the numbers than the people mm-hmm. and so for this new supervisor role i know i'm saying it's new because it still feels new um i want it to be about the people like i think because the supervisor if you think about it like i don't really i don't do the work right like i have people who do the work but my role mostly is more like the decision maker kind of like the mediator um you know balancing people's workloads and their schedules and whatever and so it's very people-centric and very people focused and so it's i like my authenticity is being challenged because i want my people to thrive to take the days off that they need to take off or want to take Mm. off have a great work-life balance but also we need to follow like we need to make our deadlines right we need to be on schedule on budget within the scope that's given to us and so like to balance that out is very difficult and very stressful but i'm trying like as hard as possible to not lessen or belittle like my own values and trying to instill that to people but it's hard it's rough yeah it's a it's a balance but at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you are given leadership and that's (laughs) that's important um and we might as well acknowledge that that is how you become a a strong leader that you think about your team you think about uh, ensuring Mm -hmm. that they have a work-life balance because like even when i was a supervisor for that brief and wonderful time that's (laughs) one of the things that i wanted to uh, maintain most definitely since i was working with students and i told them from day one you are students first i don't give a damn what the hell Mm -hmm. residence life has to say about anything i'm here to advocate for you all and ensure that you have time to study because what y'all are going to do if you're going to be on my staff you're going to graduate i don't give a fuck you are going to graduate and um one of the things that i uh, made sure i did most definitely came to that second semester for them i told them we're going to have a system where if you need to be off just let us know in advance because a lot of them are last minute and let's be real some of them was going on um some greek stuff (laughs) in the spring semester (laughs) but (laughs) it's like whatever y'all got planned uh this semester we just need to make sure we have coverage and one of the things Mm -hmm. i ensured was like hey i know since y'all are students i don't know when your classes are going to come up and your exams are going to come up but i want y'all to at least have a week off and a week on the schedule and the way that we're going to do this, you're going to have four hour blocks. They only have an eight hour shift until the night, um, the, you know, night people, which usually was like police officers, they, they come on duty to, you know, secure the area. So you get your four hours um, here, four hours there. And at the end of the month or um, the end of the week, you got your full 20 hours. Everything's right. great. Everybody was good with it. And it worked in a phenomenal way and um the greatest thing about it is that they started to communicate with each other a lot more they were like hey i know that because they had partner days and partner time frames so they knew oh i'm going to be having to study at on this day do you mind working my monday shift and i'll work your monday shift this week like it um, built uh, a lot more camaraderie between them. They communicate a lot more. They support each other more. They made sure that they stepped in whenever somebody else needed somebody. Like that's leadership. And that's mm-hmm. something that is actually frowned upon when it comes to corporate America, because how dare you give these people a full week off of work? 
right. <laughs> when they need to be here every fucking week. No, allow them the time that they need to still be successful. They are getting the hours that they need for the entire month. No one's falling behind on that. So we're meeting the needs of what they're contracted to. It's all good. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing with us in our um, in our setting. We had something called like OCC, which was like time off the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, now my team, we had the highest um, call rates. They were making, you know, their calls and stuff like that. But we had the worst OCC. And me and my boss would always go back and forth. But to me, it's like, number one, I'm not gonna get mad because you're making you're you're meeting your goals, you're meeting your stats. Um, my boss needed to trust that if I seen that your stats was not where it needed to be, you weren't getting up out of your seat. If you're performing for me, I'm gonna be more lenient. I'm gonna expect you. And she hated my team was always off the phone, but you also always made my team the um the tutors and stuff like that because they knew what they were doing so it's like if my team can share the knowledge to help somebody else on another team get their stats up then what's the problem you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you're still making productivity you're still getting the call you're still making the money they may be off the phones more but they're still performing the way that you need to now you're overexerting your workers and now they don't want to work they're making the money but they don't want to work now because they're tired and you're being a hard ass for no reason yeah mm. i think people forget that people are still people mm. yeah right. we're not machines and like i made this comment once um what did i say someone like thought it was super profound for some reason but i said like even machines need to get oiled you know Okay, that's that low-key, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That is a word. (laughs) And it's true, you know, everything, everyone and everything needs a break. And if you don't take care, just like if you don't take care of your machines, your your computers, same thing with people. If you don't take care of your people, they're either going to quit or they're going to like, I don't know, you know, produce terrible work. Mm. Right. And I will say the only jobs I really actually, well, I quit all my jobs to be real. Um, But (laughs) the the jobs that I quit that I did not, that I wanted to be long-term options. The only reason why I quit those is because they didn't value me or they, Mm -hmm. micromanaging is always that thing too, because fuck that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Biggest. So it's like, if I'm showing up for you on a regular basis and you fail to show up for me, look, I'm sorry. I don't do abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't accept being gaslit by the person who's paying my check. I'm making you money, so you're helping me make my money. That's the that's right. the the plan here. As you mm-hmm. continue to grow and I continue to make my money on the behalf of your company, that's all that needs to um, be said. That's all that matters. But as soon as you come to a point where you act like <laughs> I'm not that motherfucker, we got a problem. Period. Because mm-hmm. what we're not going to do is act as though I'm not adding value to this, regardless of what my metrics say. But Let's go back to my Geico days. These motherfuckers started an entire different way in which they approach conversations on their calls because of this motherfucker here. But they did. Hello. <laughs> I can relate to that. Hello. <laughs> so, like, let's be real. You knew the value while I was there. 
Um, but you had issues when it came to other things, like um, most definitely when it came to promotion. So come on, corporate America is just not for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And listen, I learned the hard way. So I will say we're at the end of the episode. Now I do want to uh, answer one little question because I feel as though somebody may be out there and they're asking themselves, Vernon, it's November. This was not like a sex-based conversation. Why are you talking about being your authentic self and all these other things? Like how does this combo relate to November? And the answer to that for anybody who may feel that way is in order for you to express yourself sexually in an authentic way, you also have to understand your authentic self. Yeah, this conversation is not all about the funny, funny, fun things all about sexuality, but still you have to know exactly who you are to fully understand your own sexuality, to understand how you want to express your sexuality. So take that how you will. Um, But before I close out, uh, again, thank you so much, Melissa and uh, Nini, for like coming on to the podcast. Do either of you have any last words that you want to share with the audience before I close this out? Um, Just always be you, whether it's sexually, business-wise, like professionally, or within your family, just always work to feel comfortable in your skin and being who you are. Melissa? I would say on top of that to also embrace the fear because you you know we talked about that earlier like you don't know what you don't know and to be your authentic self you you also need to try things that maybe you're too scared to do but at least you'll know whether that's you know whether that's really part of who you are or you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And at least you, you have concrete evidence that it doesn't work. So <laughs> embrace the fear, do it. Exactly. And um, <laughs> even though this might be an insecure, not insecure, um, uh, inappropriate reference. Also, don't try to do things that you know may not lead you to uh, like anything that might be life threatening, meaning don't go deep in the ocean in the paper plane. So... <laughs> Um, anyways, um, <laughs> embrace the fear within a certain parameter. <laughs> Still be safe and smart about it. Please be safe and smart in the things that you choose to do in your life. Because look, our lives are worth living, and anybody who tells you otherwise, they just hate themselves, and that's their problem that they need to deal with. Um, I love you, and I want you to be here, and I want you to enjoy your experience on this plane. So please do so. Like, come on, make that promise to yourself and uh, accept the promise to Vernon. Like, come on, live your life authentically and be free and be happy. So on that note, thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. And just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.